0: on blast and we are live this is a wrap it up on blast raps post game show as always my name is sheldon alexander and this episode of wrap it up is brought to you by clean cuts barbershop 2013 danforth avenue in the east end of toronto clean cuts the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions so go see skip and the crew as a wise man once said tell him that i sent you Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416 917 4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, I guess I got to start this one by just asking a simple question. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Are you not entertained? That was, I mean, Raptors win 130 to 121 in OKC. And I mean, the wraps were up by as many as what, 30 in this game? and they blew multiple leads in this game at one point it got down to seven this game was insane and it might just be the perfect example of basketball in the year 2020 in which no lead is safe runs come like crazy and all of a sudden 20 point games turn into like 20 point leads turn into single digits like it's nothing but that was an entertaining game not the way the raptors wanted to win but at the end of the day stat sheet says the scoreboard says it's a win for the toronto raptors again as they come out with a 131 21 victory my name is Sheldon alexander thank you guys for tuning into this the wrap it up podcast your only live and interactive toronto raptors post game show bless you guys for tuning in on twitter as you do after each and every toronto raptors game at shell alexander because we take your comments and questions there and the questions and comments are pouring in for sure after that one Same thing goes for Instagram. We got your comments and questions there on Instagram as well. We got another feed there taking your comments and questions as mentioned. But if you want to see the full feed of the podcast, the actual shot of the set, the full proper audio, go to the link in bio on my Instagram page and that takes you to the Twitter feed. And we can take your comments and questions there as well. So all love for everyone. Uh, JC checks in and says, I like the pink hoodie. Uh, one of my boys at work was dissing me today. Or no, I can't say this was a diss because he was telling me it's my kill a cam fit. And I could only take that as a compliment because, hey, who doesn't rep kill a cam? And if you don't rep kill a cam, you're probably the ops anyway. So I don't really mess with you. But back to the Toronto Raptors is this was a really, really crazy game. And the talk heading into it was about the Raptors getting closer and closer to being healthy. They wrap, Welcome back, Marc Gasol, back to the lineup after he missed 12 games, and basically you're only missing Freddie now at this point, right? Everyone else is pretty much healthy, and with Mark Gasol back, there's a lot of talk about who should start. And Nick Nurse, kind of toying with us here, because he decided to start Serge and Mark Gasol. Mentioned, though, that he did this because in part, in part, He wanted to give Serge the start back in his own stomping grounds of Oklahoma City, where obviously Serge had a a solid career, right? So Raptors go with the big lineup. Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, OG at the two, and Kyle Lowry playing the PG as always. Super-sized lineup for the Raps. I think, you know, it's an interesting look. And with Steven Adams, obviously having that matchup with Gasol was key, but... Shouts to Surge, who stuck with Gallinari early, like that wasn't a mismatch or as much of a mismatch as you thought it could be, but both those guys played well. And in fact, let's be honest, the Raptors box score, when you look at it, you you look at a Raptors box score, they finished with 130 points, but what? Eight Raptors played in this game and seven of them finished in double figures. This is kind of the look of this team that when, you know, if you're drawing it up, and you're trying to say, what's the production have to be from this team to be successful? It's gonna look something like this, where you have seven guys in double figures, where you're getting a little bit of something, something from everybody that steps in, right? Serge checks in, he started, he had 15 points. Pascal with 21. OG with 21. Big, big game for OG. 15 points for Marcus All. Great look from Mark in his first game back. Super aggressive. Kyle with 17. Terrence Davis with 12 off the bench. Your man's norm coming through at 23 off the bench. When you're getting spread out minutes like that and everyone's contributing at the offensive end, this is what Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster drew up at the start of the year and this I'm sure is what Nick Nurse loves because the Raptors can come at you at so many different angles, so many different ways and everybody can get some. It's a reminder of the success that you saw last year with the Raptors where they were able to beat the Bucks and beat Golden State because they had multiple people who could get their own buckets. And when you see the ball moving like it was tonight, especially in the first half, great shouts to Kyle Lowry, who certainly has been with the focus of he needs to push the pace, get the ball moving, get everyone involved. It was great to see from Kyle Lowry early as he got the Raptors out to a good look just by pushing the tempo. And surge early on, Continued his great play as he started the game 6-6. Six to six. My guy had 13 points in that first quarter. Norm checked in. Norm hit a shot just ahead of the buzzer to get part of an 8-0 run to close out that first quarter. And the Raptors, again, we're talking about pushing the pace and why that's important because it's ball movement. It's passing up good shots for great shots. And if you look at that first quarter, the Raptors led 38-25. But the key here was on their 16 main field goals. They had 13 assists, and when you're getting everyone involved like that, you're, you're shooting open shots, you're shooting easy shots, good shots, and that just helps the flow of the offense. So great sign to see Serge get off and going early, but also Marcus Gasol. He talked a bit about this while he was out, but he said that he knows he needs to be more aggressive, or he's been told he needs to be more aggressive and look for a shot more on offense, and he did that early. He had some moves in the post. He hit a three early on and he was just more aggressive looking for his own offense while still doing the other things that we've come to expect from Marc Gasol in terms of moving the ball, setting good screens. But again, this Raptors offense looked a lot like what it looked like early on in the year with this full team going where it's running and gunning. They're turning their defense into offense and they're just getting whatever they wanted. They're getting out in transition. They, I mean, Really late in that second half or in the first half, they were shooting 71% still, had 17 assists. Everything was going good. And when you look at how things might shape up, you're going back to where, let's say, if Surge goes back to the bench, if Surge is on the bench with Norm and Surge, and now those guys are just coming off the bench free and easy, where they know, hey, with the bench unit, you guys just get buckets. It's a great sign to see, and that's when this Raptors team is going to be at its best. And hey, I don't know when we're going to see this Raptors team at full strength, but as they get closer and closer, you can see the fan base get tickled (laughs) by just how good this team looks because they were up, again, they were up by 30, okay, to close out that end of that first half. And if not for a crazy 12-0 run by Oklahoma City in which they hit all three-pointers, four three-pointers to cut the lead to 18, this might have been blowout city from the first half. Again, imagine that. You score 12 points, a 12-0 run to end the half, and you're still down by 18. But it was still a sign of things to come in terms of the Raptors extending their lead, and then somehow OKC making a run to come back. But at halftime, mentioned as mentioned Raptors up 18 73 to 55 and at that point already at the half already five Raptors in double digits that's the ball movement that's the sharing of the offense that Nick Nurse wants to see now the third quarter started off super ugly <laughs> super ugly start to the third as there was just turnovers both ways everyone looked kind of lackadaisical and Gasol finally hit a three to become the sixth Raptor in the double digits. But it was interesting to see because we got a little glimpse again of Spicy P and what his potential can be as a Raptors lead scorer. Because I thought it was kind of interesting that for a run there, because OKC, they, their best lineup might be that three guard lineup where they have Shea, Chris Paul, and Schroeder all playing. Now, if you flip that to what the Raptors were doing, that means one of those guards has to guard Pascal Siakam. And let's keep it a buck. If that's the case, and one of those guards has to guard Pascal Siakam, that should just be food. That should be just easy money for Pascal. And he should look at that as a disrespect. And he did. They kept going to him with Chris Paul on him. Chris Paul racked up some fouls. Then Schroeder got some too. And it just gave the raptors a little more breathing room but it was good to see siakam look at a matchup and have the whole team acknowledge no 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 we can't allow this to be a thing we got to we got to get them out of this defense and credit to siakam everything was going to the cup he didn't settle at that point and things were good problem is though the toronto raptors things got sloppy and i don't know if it's a lack of focus i don't know if there's a lot of you know juggling we're seeing because because of all the injuries, and now as everyone starts to come back, you're still at the same point where you're trying to find a consistent rotation. And without that, it means you get, a, you get a lot of interesting lineups, you get a lot of people who haven't really played with each other, and I don't know if that's just making excuses, but at the end of the day, what it led to, was the Raptors just turning over the ball, playing super sloppy, and allowing Oklahoma City to stay in the game. And it was another crazy run, and Norm Norm was red hot. And Norm hit a shot there to kind of you know calm the nerves a little bit. And Norm, I'm going to big up Norm here because he's probably the player of the game from the Raptors side of things. My guy, 9 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3. 23 points overall from norm but norm in terms of holding up that run he just did a great job because the wheels started to come off there at the end of that third quarter where lowry got called for a tech which for the life of me i would love to know what he said to get a to get a technical foul he's on the bench looked to be putting on his warm-up and said something as chris paul made a layup and got called for a tech who knows what happened But then after that, it was back-to-back offensive fouls against the Raptors. And then a tough no-call, or sorry, a tough call where the Raps got called for a foul as CP drove to the bucket. And all of a sudden, it was a 14-5 run, and it's a 10-point game. Now, you're up 30. You can't be consistently blowing 30-point leads against good teams. You can't do that. But the Raptors did that multiple times in this game. So at this point, Raps were on the ropes. And they were saved by Terrence Davis and Norman Powell, who OKC's crowd, if you know ball, if you watch a lot of ball, or even just think back to a lot of the playoff years, OKC has a great crowd. And once they started getting going and they started getting back into that game, the crowd was super into it. And Nick Nurse has to love the fact of what he saw in that point, where it looked like the Raps were on the ropes. It was Norman Powell and Terrence Davis who were hitting big, time shots and these guys like i love terrence davis so much and part of the reason i always big him up is because my guy never looks shook never at all you're thinking undrafted rookie might fold under the pressure of the bright lights of the nba of you know blowing a lead you might even see him make a turnover every once in a while but my guy is unfazed and he hit big shots and we know norm's resume by now we know norm ain't scared of nothing norm ain't shook But those two dudes combined at the end of that third quarter really hit some big-time shots to just, you know, bend but not break for the Toronto Raptors. And they were able to still hold a 14-point lead after three. And you think that it's good. You think everything's all right. They came out to another big run to start the fourth, extended that lead, and it was again the familiar trait of turning their defense into offense, getting some leakouts. Shouts to OG, who I keep saying all year long, he needs to take more of the playbook out of Pascal Siakam, what he did last year, and get more easy buckets out in transition. Do that leak out and get let Kyle find him on the leak out in transition to get some easy buckets. And we saw that. Raptors had that lead it's extended. Things looked great. I thought the game was over. I even tweeted out game over with the little flip voice. Remember that song? I know I'm dating myself probably, but I, I tweeted out game over. And it was because the shots that the Raptors were just making at that point, they had a run where Norm hit like a double pump, like <laughs> a double pump long two that Norm somehow got to go in. Marc Gasol banked in a three that somehow went in. And then OG at the end of the shot clock hit this rainbow three, he splashed it. And when the Raps were hitting those shots, I'm thinking, all right, game over, jam done let's start setting up for the podcast, blowout city, let's go, but gotta give this Thunder team credit, because they did not give up, they kept coming, and went on another crazy run, a 14-0 run at at this point, to cut the lead to seven, and it was Terrence Davis and Norm came out, Patrick McCaw came in, and here's where I know a lot of people are gonna start, (laughs) here's where the Patrick McCaw comments come in, and you know, McCaw did not look good, but McCaw and Lowry both seem to be struggling against the pressure of OKC's defense, and it seemed like they were struggling to get the ball up the floor a lot, and that led to, as mentioned, that lead the run got extended to twenty-two to four. OKC went on that run. It was a seven-point game, and this is where I'll remind you: it was a seven-point game. But at one point, the Raptors led seventy-three to forty-three. The reason why that's important is because. The same theme, if you go back to the first pod, and will keep bringing it up from now, probably all the way through the playoffs. The most interesting subplot that I'm interested in during this Toronto Raptors season is, what do you do in winning time? Who is gonna make the place for this team that last year it was just pass it to Kawhi and get out of the way? When you need a bucket, what are they gonna do? And people were thinking it was gonna be Pascal. And to this point, let's keep it a buck. Again, it hasn't been Pascal. Pascal made a couple plays late. There are a couple plays where I'll admit I think he should have gotten foul. He should have got the benefit of a foul call and didn't get the call. But that happens on the road sometimes. But on top of that, you got to fight through it. And the guy that did fight through it was your man's Kyle Lowry, who as more and more guys continue to get back into the lineup, You see Kyle Lowry able to pace his scoring a lot more. And what I mean by that is he can spend the game now trying to get people involved, trying to, you know, set the tempo, push the pace, pick his spots, but also save a little bit of juice at the end of the game when he knows this team needs a bucket. And he puts his head down and he's going downhill towards the cup. And the other thing I'll applaud Kyle Lowry for doing is a lot of times in the past, we'll see him drive to the basket and he's looking for a call. He's not necessarily looking to score. He's trying to get a foul call. And what has changed, especially in this game and a couple other games, especially with all the injuries, was you seeing Kyle Lowry drive to the basket, actually trying to score. And it's been really big for the Raptors because he's been the one making the plays. And as Again, as Pascal develops, hey, maybe that turns into Pascal, but it's a reminder that it doesn't just come right away, right? Experience matters in those instances. Knowing and trusting what your go-to move is that works, not just in the second quarter when defenses might be a little more lax, but no, your go-to move when you need a bucket. What is your hezy off-the-dribble move that gets you the extra step? Can you finish at the cup? Kyle Lowry has done a really good job at that point where I feel like in years past, he was caught driving to the basket, almost begging for calls. I gotta give Kyle Lowry a lot of credit because 17 points in this game, eight assists, two of five shooting from three, six of 13 overall, but those big boy layups from Kyle Lowry at the end of the game, that's where you gotta applaud the dude. And again, I don't know who's gonna be the guy for the Raps down the stretch, but as of this moment, through 40 games of the season, it's Kyle Lowry. Will will that be the case for the rest of the season and into the playoffs? Time will tell. But as Pascal continues to develop, right now it's apparent Kyle Lowry is the one that's going to lead you in crunch time. Other thing that was really interesting to see in this game as I look at the minutes here, Kyle Lowry only played 33 minutes in this game. And it was a very it was a much more efficient and effective Kyle Lowry in 33 minutes. He's been leading the league in minutes, and it was up to, what, 39, I want to say? And that's way too many minutes for Kyle, right? So you get him down to 33, but also what that allows him to do is in the minutes that he is playing, he can go harder. And when you get Kyle Lowry playing at that level, at that pace, he's way more productive, and it's more beneficial for him and more beneficial for the team when he has more juice at the end of the game. So... Great look for Kyle Lowry, great look for the Toronto Raptors, again, as they win this game, 130-121, to and they blew multiple leads, and I'm saving it, because I know what everyone wants to talk about, because there's a lot of comments here, so I'll move on to our Ask on Blast segment, where, of course, this is the whole purpose of the pod, I give my opinion, tell you what I think, what I saw, what I think the keys were to the game. But then, of course, because we are live and interactive, I want to take your comments and questions, and we do that on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, and on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. So, let's go to Twitter first, and Chase says, Sheldon, please explain what Powell has at Siakam Lacks. I don't get it. Um, I think it's mindset. Norm has always had the utmost confidence that he will hit every single shot. And Norm has continued to improve. The only thing he was lacking was consistency. But in his mind, he will take and make every single shot. And what we're seeing now, maybe his work ethic in the gym in terms of, you know, we know they mentioned it during the game, but we know that he did some work with the Mamba, with Kobe in the offseason. But either way, norm's game looks a lot more polished he looks a lot more confident in his go-to moves he just knows what shots he can make how he can get to the basket he's just way more confident in his game this season that's what we're seeing whereas i think pascal as his skills develop as his game develops his success is still coming off just raw athleticism and raw just you know just getting buckets, but his his, his skill set or his games in terms of what's Pascal's go-to move outside the spin, right? He doesn't really have that part yet, but it'll come. It'll come for sure. We know that. We've seen Pascal improve dramatically each and every year he's been in the league. We've seen the work he puts in with Rico Hines to know that my guy's going to come back with another added tool in his tool belt right? He shoots three-point shots like it's nothing now, shoots it with extreme confidence. So it's just more repetition for Pascal and also having an understanding of how defenses are going to play him. Because he's, he's in a position where, again, his success to me still comes from getting out and running and getting out in transition. And I think that's been super key for Pascal, whereas Norm, in the half court, Norm knows his move. And what I mean by your move is one-two dribble, shot up. One-two dribble, get to the cup and be explosive and finish hard. Whereas a lot of times you'll notice Pascal will drive to the basket and he's trying to lay it up. Norm knows now when he's driving to the basket and there's a chance there might be defenders, he's going up strong. Now, Pascal will figure it out. I'm not worried about Pascal at this point because he's still on the up and up so you take it, but either way, gotta gotta applaud Norm for the work that he's done, because my guy has improved drastically, let's get to some more comments, so Lamonk checks in and says, last game, Norm should have had the last shot, uh, but because of Siakam, Norm, I don't know, I still think it goes to Kyle first, But if I'm ranking who should take the shots at this point, I know Freddie's not in the lineup, but I'd rank it Norm, or sorry, I'd rank it Kyle, then Norm, then Pascal at this point. That's just me. And and when I say getting the last shot, I mean making the decision. Because that could still be a Kyle Lowry drive and pick and roll the surge or something like that, right? But Kyle, in terms of making the decision, that's who I go through, that's who I would go through first. Uh, Len says Siakam still needs aggressiveness and confidence to be the closer. I'd say Freddie and Lowry would be the closers, and let's not forget that Gasol is also a reliable vet in the clutch. Interesting. I I think that makes sense. Freddie again. I mean, we're still we're still living in the dreams of watching what Freddie did in the playoffs, obviously, or in the finals against Golden State. So that's an interesting one for sure. But freddie is super confident as well freddie has no fear he's not shook he wants to smoke and i think that that's a big part because you might see players who are good and who can get buckets but it's a different mental it's a different animal to want it and do it in the clutch uh more comments though on twitter uh on twitter norm is so good like he's never got injured and was away awesome it's true, Norman Powell remains red hot. He was on the best stretch of his career before he got hurt. And since he's come back, he's just continued that. So I just think it's, it's you gotta ride this out. And shouts to Norm as well, because whether he was coming off the bench or while he was starting, he was still doing big work. And I think that's cool to see Norm, because we've watched him year in and year out develop. And we've pleaded to see the um, some consistency from Norm. So to now finally see it, it's great. Uh, Dara checks in and says, Hi, Shell, keep up the great work. Powell finally becoming consistent. We'll give Masai more options. Totally true. As we all know, what's looming. Um, I mean, the trade deadline, obviously, but we'll talk about that. More time to talk about that in another day. Let's get to the topic that I know everybody wants to talk about here. And Jalen, on Twitter checks in and says, Macaw is trash. With TD2 and Norm in the lineup, dude should not be getting double-digit minutes. And there's a lot of people asking about Patrick Macaw, and I still don't really understand why Patrick Macaw is such a like huge topic in Raptor land. People seem to have such strong hate for Patrick Macaw, and I don't really get it. But I will say in, in terms of this game, there's no way Patrick Macaw should have been in that game late. understand why nurse turns to him because you want someone who's solely focused on defense to be in the lineup especially when Oklahoma City is throwing out that three guard lineup of Shea, Schroeder, and CP. Norm is a solid defender for sure. Terrence Davis we've seen he's pretty good defender but at the same time I get the understanding I understand the thought process of having McCaw out there to try to stop one of those guys or who's going to be solely focused on playing defense. But the problem is he can't be that much of a liability as he was on offense. And my guy couldn't even dribble the ball up the floor. And to be honest, that's completely unacceptable. And, you know, did McCaw look great? No, of course not. It looked bad. But what made it look even worse like 10 times worse was the fact that Terrence Davis and Norman Powell were playing so great that's what made it so much worse so I'm not I'm never gonna get on McCaw because I don't have huge expectations for McCaw I understand why Nick Nurse puts him out there because he knows bare minimum he's gonna play tough defense and if you think about it what caused the run against the Raptors in the first place was a lack of defense OKC started getting whatever they wanted. They're getting paint touches, which led to open threes, which led to Shea and Chris Paul feeling it and going ham. So I understand why you would think to put in McCaw in that moment, but my guy can't be a liability like that. And maybe the answer is just to say, hey, remind Terrence or Norm, whoever. And hey, they went back to Norm. So shouts to Nick Nurse, who obviously pulls all the right strings. But, You just give the reminder to those guys, hey, got to remember to play defense, got to keep these guys out of the paint. Because in crunch time, and we know, McCaw's not going to be out there in crunch time when the team is at full strength. Like, we know that. And that's what I mean in terms of, I don't get why everyone is, like, as soon as McCaw checks in, people are mad. And yeah, he played a lot of minutes. Probably too many minutes in this game. McCaw with 25 minutes. But like, I'm not that mad at Patrick McCaw do I wish he could dribble the ball over half court? Of course. But if you were paying attention, Kyle also wasn't having the easiest of times getting the ball up the floor either, right? Show me the lie, people. Show me the lie. Uh, We the Mutt checks in and says, we need someone strong who can drive the ball and shoot from the paint. To be honest, there are games where our threes are not going in. Uh, It's an interesting point you bring up there. And I'm going to say this because game after game, if you're paying attention, the broadcast talks a lot about the discrepancy between free throws, between the Raptors and whomever they're playing against. And here's the thing that I'll ask you to pay attention to, right? And it evened up kind of towards the end. I mean, OKC finished with 20 free throw attempts, Raptors with 15. But the Raptors and the way that they play, they don't really have someone who gets to the free throw line a lot, like by design in terms of style of play. A lot of the times, the Raptors you see driving to the cup, unless Kyle is focused, unless Kyle is on one, it's very finesse going to the basket. And I think a lot of that is, you know, Siakam maybe can be that guy because there's a couple calls each game I feel like Siakam could be getting, you know what I mean? Like he probably should be shooting, let's say two more free throws a night. But overall, still, a lot of times when he's driving to the basket, it's very finesse and he looks out of control and the refs aren't going to give you those calls. They're just not. So the free throws are going to be a thing and it's just going to be, you got to put it in the ref's hands and drive to the basket aggressively. Try to dunk on someone, force the refs to make that call against the other team, and then you'll see the free throw numbers go up. But as the Raptors currently play now, they don't really have that guy whose game is, you know, designed in a way that, hey, I'm trying to get to the free throw line. Think about your boy Damar, right? What he did so well. Uh, But people still want to talk about McCaw, so I'm going to read some more comments. JC says, honestly, I trust Nick Nurse when it comes to McCaw. That's a great point. Nick Nurse obviously is Patrick McCaw's number one fan, and as long as Nick Nurse is riding with McCaw, who are we to... to to disrespect to God, Nick Nurse, or question what Nick Nurse is doing. He clearly knows more than we do. And again, I'll always point to the fact that I just think it's defense. When you have, especially a lineup like OKC has, you need someone who's just gonna be focused on defense. And I guess that's why he went back to McCaw. Did it work? No, that's gonna happen. But that's also what the regular season is for, to figure out these things, to figure out who you can put in at what times, and what you can get from certain dudes at certain times in a game uh Jay Shutterberg on Twitter says McCaw looks awkward most times to me anyways McCaw also makes mistakes at the worst times yeah he had a some terrible terrible turnovers that looked like me in high school against eastern commerce <laughs> that's a strictly toronto reference that like <laughs> unless you played high school basketball or have some knowledge of high school basketball you're not gonna get that reference at all but for those that do salute to you guys sometimes my guy mcalf tells me sometimes you make those jokes for the three percent of people that'll get it because those three percent will really get it and they'll appreciate you uh Ragoul on instagram checks in and says what is shay's potential Man, that's a great, great, great question. And it's scary because my guy is legit good. And I know that sounds so basic, but uh, today on Tim and Sid, we had Kendrick Perkins on. And one of the things Perkins was saying was, you know, you sometimes hear players described as he has an old soul, right? And that's Shea's game. Like, it's just so under control. It's calm and cool. It's not necessarily flashy, But my guy just seems to be everywhere and always seems to be making the right plays. Whether it's shooting the three, whether it's driving and kicking, whether it's driving to get a layup, he just seems so under control. And I mean, being able to go to the Chris Paul school of point guards, what better place to learn under than the point god that is Chris Paul, right? So his potential, man, the sky's the limit. And I'm so excited to see where his career goes. And I'm also so excited to see him suit up for Canada this summer too. So that'll be a lot of fun. More comments coming in. My guy LT says, this is how nice this man Sheldon is. He ain't even going to talk about how nice Gasol was. <laughs> Listen, marcusol LTZ and me were joking around today. And we were talking about marcusol And hey... I've been tooting the horn of Marcus all for a while, and it's either you get it or you don't, right? It's like, and it's okay. I understand, right? Like, there's there's different, like, basketball nerd things that, like, average fans, you're not going to really pick up or notice because it's it doesn't affect your fantasy lineup. And again, that's okay. But that's also part of the reason why I enjoy doing this podcast, because we can have these conversations, and maybe there's something that we bring up that you can look at and acknowledge and be like, oh... Okay, I get that, right? And the first thing is, one thing I will bring up, it isn't even the stat sheet that my guy had 16 points, five assists, and five rebounds. It's gonna be the fact that when you see Kyle Lowry's minutes down, and what Nick Nurse did was he kind of separated Gasol and Lowry's minutes in this game so that he had a playmaker on the court at all time. And normally you see that with the point guard, right? Another point guard, and without Freddie, You're talking about it's either going to be Terrence Davis or McCaw. But instead, you saw a lot of that being Gasol. And why? Because much like how I was just talking about what you get from Patrick McCaw, you know with Marc Gasol, when he's on the floor, especially without Kyle Lowry, he's going to be so much more focused in terms of getting other people involved. And when you can get five assists from your center, you take that. So, yeah, shouts to that. Len says, TD was doing so well, and yet McCaw got more minutes than TD. I really think, and this is true, 25 minutes for McCaw, 17 for TD. I really think Nick Nurse is really bringing along Terrence Davis nicely. He's not gonna just gas him up and throw him out there and get minutes. He's gonna make this kid continue to earn his minutes, and he's doing a great job and bringing him along slowly right? Send the message when he needs to, but he's not just going to give him the rope and and say, hey, you're getting the backup point guard minutes because Freddie's not here. No, no, no. He's still going to put him out in spurts and see what he does. And you talk about your 17 minutes that Terrence Davis played, you're talking 12 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals, right? So you lessen the rookie's minutes, but you're able to have him focus in on this is what we need from you when you come into the game. Nick Nurse is playing it perfectly. Not even mad at that at all. So many comments. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, there's so many like good comments coming in too, man. Really appreciate you guys rocking with us here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Uh, Lisa says, how about Norman? He is playing great. If he continues, Norm may be have the breakout year. That's interesting. Because I think a lot of people thought this was the OG leap year. And OG has been doing alright. OG hasn't been probably as consistent as you want him to be. But I feel like Norm is taking the leap that you were hoping OG took. Or that you were hoping somebody took. After the leap, we watched Pascal take last year. So it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. And hopefully Norm can continue to ride it out. But between... Being in Kawhi school last year. Kobe school in the offseason. Norm, man. What's Norm's potential? I don't know. Uh, Kevin Jason checks in on Instagram and says, TD's confidence is on another level. Dude was trash-talking CP. It's true, man. And the reason why I love watching Terrence Davis so much, and I'm so excited to see what happens with his career. Because as mentioned, my guy's not scared. Talking trash to CP. There's, like, he hit a big-time bucket, and he's just smiling, right? Like, the Raptors are blowing the lead. The OKC crowd is getting so hype. And my guy's just knocking down shots and then laughing. (laughs) The Rook, man, shouts to Maasai. Shouts to Maasai. So many comments. So many comments. I I really appreciate you guys. And I wish I could get to all these comments. Uh, Let's see. Len says, when McCaw gave the ball to OG and had him bring the ball up, I knew he was. Sa- I was a savant because I knew there would be a turnover. <laughs> well played, well played, well played, well played. Uh, let's see what else is going on here. Coach Flores says, Raps are closers as a whole. They know what it takes to win. If healthy, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. De- they hungry. Uh, that I don't. I don't buy into that. I don't agree with that at all. I think. When it comes down to late games, you need one dude that you know is gonna make a play for you. And especially if you're in a situation where you're not getting, you know, because the game's gonna slow down and it's gonna come down to who can make a play. And I think that that's where it becomes so much important, so much more important to have someone who's gonna be the creator for you. Um, But again, thank you guys for tuning in and really appreciate the so many comments. Just know that, you know, Really appreciate you guys rocking with me live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. So many comments and questions there. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. But just know we do the podcast live, but the conversation continues 24 7 wherever we post the podcast. So even if you listen, just know the comment section is ablaze everywhere on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. The comment section is crazy and it's so much fun so many like-minded raptors fans sharing in the giddiness of a great toronto Raptors season and if you want to find the pod like and subscribe support us support the pod support the movement that is a wrap it up podcast just search on any of those platforms on blast podcast just remember on blast is a network wrap it up as a show and i'm really blessed that we have so many people tuning in to rock with us because again this is super cool, man. We created a platform that is the only live and interactive Raptors post game show here for you guys after each and every Toronto Raptor game. And I wouldn't be able to do this without you guys writing in with all your comments and the same people rocking out with us after each and every game. Shouts to Alex, who says, Missed the last few pods, but glad I could tune in for this one. Great all-around performance. Alex, really appreciate you and everyone else tuning in. I see our regulars, Fly Miss, Pastor Wesley, Austin, uh, Glow Girl Smile, Underdog Mindset. So many people. Really appreciate you guys. Because without the regulars, we're nothing. And as it continues to grow, and there's so many more people in the chat, this is so much fun. So really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. To this the wrap it up podcast as the Toronto Raptors win again, 130 to 121 in OKC. They blow a 30-point lead a couple times <laughs> and hang on to win as the Toronto Raptors had seven players in double digits. I give Norm Powell the player of the game as he finished with 23 points in 27 minutes, but on 9 of 11 shooting for Norm. Marcus Gasol was great in his return as he finished with 15 points, five assists, Five rebounds on six of nine shooting. Great games all around from so many Raptors. And of course, I'm going to give the real game ball to Kyle Lowry, who made the big boy buckets down the stretch when the raps were leaking oil. It looked like they were probably going to blow this game. But their vet, their OG, Kyle Lowry, came through a big boy buckets late. So again, thank you guys for tuning in with me as you do on Twitter after each and every Raptors game at Shell Alexander. Really appreciate you guys because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On blast.